Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. This is the day the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. Well, happy, happy Mother's Day. Amen? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Our God is good. And when you woke up this morning, you were thinking, is there going to be some more rain? And you know what? I've been praying for rain. And thank you, Jesus, for the rain. Oh, my goodness. If you're visiting with us this morning, we want to welcome you. Ask you to fill out the little visitor card you'll find in front of the front of you inside the pews there in the chairs, place an offering plate, we come around so we can have a record of your visit. We would greatly appreciate that. Also, if you're joining us online this morning, we want to welcome you as well as you consider being right here in Sanctuary Williams, experiencing what God is doing at Robinson Avenue Baptist Church. Come and be a part of it. Come and be a part of our worship service. Come get involved in our choir. Come get involved in what God is doing at RABC. Oh, well. With that being said, we have several several things coming up I need to bring to your attention. Number one, uh, today after services, after this morning's service, there'll be no evening services. We're canceling all evening services, so no choir practice, no evening services. Enjoy your Mother's Day. Some of you are already saying, let us out early, Josh, so we can beat the Methodist down to Taco Bell. Amen. <laughs> My goodness. No services this evening at all. But we'll pick back up with our normal services from Monday night. We'll have at 6 o'clock our, our Experience of God class with 103. Don't forget Tuesday, the ladies are on furlough for a moment. So their ladies' Bible studies on hold until after their retreat. It's coming up in August. Um, but they'll pick back up after that. So please pray for them and pray about being a part of what they're doing then. It's a wonderful group of gals. So consider being a part of that. Uh, they'll pick back up with their Bible study in August. Men are still having their Bible studies on Thursdays at 6.30. They'll be back in their regular room this week, and I know they're ready to do that, so it's a little more comfortable there for them. And uh, with that being said, our Wednesday night services will happen at 6.30 right here in the sanctuary. So I need to bring to your attention a couple things that are coming up. Friday night, y'all, the 19th, we're having our Operation Christmas Child Fundraiser Meal. And this fundraiser goes to the shipping of our Operation Christmas Child boxes. That's our biggest expense of narrowing them out. So if you would prayerfully consider being a part of that, you come and get a plate. You can get more details with Sister Esther, and she's selling tickets right now. She has them, so if you're interested in getting some of those, you can do that. Text her after service, text her in the foyer, or you can always come by the office and we can get you a ticket as well. There's a couple of different entrees to choose from, and um, so it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful dish. And she'll have more details on that later on. All right. Also coming up this Saturday, church on the 20th, we'll have our prayer breakfast. It's going to be a 7 a.m. minute prayer breakfast, so you can also come and be a part of that. And we want to encourage you to do that. Following will be a security team meeting at 8 a.m. or 8.30, depending on the time frame our breakfast gets out. Followed by our administrative team meeting, the giant administrative team we need to be there. Uh, our Vacation Bible School workshop will be happening May 20th as well. Uh, so that's going to be from 10 to 12. And if you're interested in that, you need to be there and be a part of that. But also, we need to bring your attention next Sunday evening, so it's 6 p.m., having our quarterly business meeting for next Sunday night at 6 p.m. quarterly business meeting. So I think that's about it for our announcements, except for one that I have forgotten. A young man who used to go to our church sent in a graduation announcement. He asked me, said, Pastor, can you please let people know where I'm graduating and having my graduation party at? So this will be for Michael Reynolds. It'll be on May 28th, his graduation party from 2.30 to 5.30 at the um, well, it's at Lorraine Uphill's house, 2967 Dogwood Drive in Kittler, Texas. So we're going to ask you to RSVP to uh, 
Brenda or to Michael himself. So some of you have those numbers. You do that. If you're interested in that, let me know. And I will give you that number. All right. So I think that's it for our announcement. Except for one thing I want to share with you. It is Mother's Day, as you probably know. And Mother's Day is a day we gather together to acknowledge your mom. Somebody asked me, the pastor, how many kids could one woman have? Well, you know what? We have to have the information of the, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, the most children born by one woman in history is 69. Now, this mother was a peasant from Russia, and get this, get this, though, she had 27 pregnancies, including 16 pairs of twins, 7 sets of triplets, 4 sets of quadruplets, and also, after she passes on, her husband goes on and marries a second woman and has 18 more children. Whoa, my goodness. <laughs> well, if you're a mom this morning, before we go any further, if you're a mom this morning, would you please stand so we can recognize you? Go ahead. If you're a mom, go ahead and stand up. Yes, blessed be the name of the Lord. Back in the back, you'll find that we have some carnations. So I'm going to ask our children if they would go back there and get those carnations with Miss Rosalia. And if they will pass those out to those moms that are standing, we would greatly appreciate that. So if your mom, please keep standing, and the kids will bring you a carnation. And then, of course, we have somebody who's counting those moms right now. If you're a mom, stay standing. Not only will you get a carnation, but a $5 donation on your behalf will be given to the Hope Pregnancy Center. Uh, so please, 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 if your mom, stand up, get your carnation, and we'll get that count. Isn't that beautiful? If you're a mom, keep standing. Keep standing. Get your carnation. Get counting. got a few moms standing. After you get your carnation, you can go ahead and sit down. Still got a few moms standing in the back. Anybody in the front? Got, go ahead and sit down, ladies, if you're standing, if you got a carnation. <laughs> here it comes, here it comes. Amen. My goodness. So it looks like we're going to have three carnations left. So how many moms do we have? 47? 47 moms. Praise God. Amen. 47 moms. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We, we bought 50 carnations, so we got three of them left, 47 of them. And some of you say, I want that extra carnation. We can get with Ms. Rosalie and get it, all right? Well, 
With that being said, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And after we pray, would you please rise and welcome one another. Father God, as we come to you in Jesus' name, I want to thank you, Lord, for each and every mom that's here. Those moms love us, Lord God. They nurtured us. They raised us. They taught us how to love. And it's my prayer, Lord God, that we can give back some of that love to our moms today. Bless our moms now. Bless our families now. Bless those, Lord God, who can't be with us this morning. Those who are out sick. Those who are out traveling. Let them know they're loved and they're prayed for. Bring them safely back to us. And I pray, Lord God, you be with us right here in the sanctuary. As we worship you, may we worship you in truth and spirit. As we learn about you, may we learn in great detail, with great hunger, Lord God. And that's my prayer, Lord, for being anyone. And you can come to know your personal Lord and Savior. We today you that day. We bless you and give you all the glory, even now, in Jesus' holy name. Amen. You please rise and welcome one another.
blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank God Brother Mark is standing next to me. When he starts, I sing. When he stops, I quit singing. I've been doing that for years now. Now I'll make it through. If you haven't noticed, I always sit by Mark in the choir. Woo! My goodness. Well, thank you, gentlemen. What a blessing that was. It's always been one of my dreams to be able to sing in a quartet or a choir. And then I realized God did not make me a singer. He made me a preacher. <laughs> if you have your Bible with you, turn it to please. As we continue our sermon series, the cup started last week. The cup part two, of course, we're going to focus in on mamas this morning and what they are. And let me tell you right now, if you have your mama with you, count yourself blessed. If you brought your mom to church, count yourself blessed. If your mom brought you to church, count yourself as blessed this morning. When I was growing up, my mom did not take me to church. Later on, I became a Christian, and I took my whole family to church. And so I remember taking my boys to church. And one of these days, they're going to give a testimony and say, when I was a kid, I didn't want to go, but Dad and Mom made me go. Praise God. We're going to hear that from them. The Cup Part 2. Well, we began a sermon series last week titled The Cup, and I hope you enjoyed that. And it was actually an acronym for Christians Under Pressure, and we took a look a little bit about what it means to be a Christian under pressure. In fact, we kind of zeroed in on what happens when that cup gets jostled or tossed or bumped, and what's supposed to come out of that cup. And so, if you were to measure yourself this morning against what comes out of your cup when you get bumped, is it ugly words? Is it anger? Is it hatred? Is it some sort of jealousy? Then what's coming out of that cup is not what's supposed to be inside of you. And so, if you'll get your cup filled back up with what's inside of you, then what will come out when the world bumps you will be Jesus. Amen? So we began talking a little bit about that. And we started looking at Christians under pressure. Because we're under pressure, believe it or not. We're under pressure from a world who thinks that Christians are supposed to be perfect. Well, I got news for the world. We're not perfect. We're forgiven. Amen? So we've heard that said before. There's no such thing as a perfect Christian. The only perfect one is Jesus Christ. And so we try our best, though, but we are going to fail. And we are going to fall. And we are going to sin on occasion. And some of us like to say, Pastor, what's your favorite sin? Twinkie. <laughs> Twinkie. Just take a good look. Now, I've got, I've got my own problems there. And so uh, you can see where my, my particular pressure is. And so what's your pressure? And that's what we're here to talk about this morning. It's not mine or yours, but talk about us and God. And so sometimes in our relationship with God, we end up with a little bit of that pressure on us because we think sometimes God thinks we should be perfect. God thinks we should be uh, outstandingly obedient. Let me tell you something, though, and I need you to understand this. God tells us all, be ye perfect, for your Father in heaven is perfect. So we're supposed to strive for that. We're supposed to chase after that. And we're supposed to be the best Christians that we can be. But you know what? The truth is, we're humans and we're going to fall and we're going to sin. So what do we do when we sin? That's the problem and that's where we come up this morning. Christians under pressure. Now this is Mother's Day, of course. And we already honored our moms. We gave them carnations and we're going to give a, a donation to Hope Pregnancy Center. I understand the total count was 50 moms. Praise God in that. So I'm looking forward to being able to do that. Um, but we're going to focus in on moms as well. 
in our sermon this morning. So uh, we began last week as we introduced the series with a key passage. Now, I've actually turned to the Gospel of Matthew, and I'll actually stay there for a second, but I want to remind you of our key passage that we began with. It came from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20 and 21. The Bible says, Now in a large house there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if a man cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. And we kind of honed in on verse 21. If a man cleanses himself, Christians under pressure, there are some things God expects us to do and some things God wants us to get rid of out of our life. Understand cleansing. That means we're washing something off of ourselves. There are some things Christians are supposed to get rid of in our walk with Jesus. Somebody say amen this morning now. It is Mother's Day after all, so Mom, I want to hear you out amen to Dad. Amen? That's your challenge this morning. As Christians under pressure, we learned it's our responsibility to be ready for the Master. We took a look at that in Timothy there. We took a look at what it says there. We need to cleanse ourselves to be a vessel under honor. So it's our responsibility to be ready for the Master. And let me ask you a question right now. If you had someone you could trade your Christian life with, would you wish your Christian life on them? Would you wish your Christian life on somebody? And most of us would say, oh, no, I don't want anyone to know my secret struggles or my secret sins or my problems. The truth is, though, is that we have a responsibility to God to where we're supposed to be cleansing ourselves of certain things. As Christians under pressure, we need to cleanse ourselves on occasion. Our first example of a cup that was honored, remember we started last week as we looked at that cup that was honored by God, was Daniel. Remember we talked about Daniel? We learned that we need to be like Daniel, and we need to purpose in our hearts not to defile ourselves. Remember, Daniel had purpose not to defile himself with the food from the king's table. And so we need to be a cup to be honored to start purposing in our hearts that we will not get defiled with the things of the world. We also learned that Daniel actually went to the lion's den because he was a man of prayer. And that we, if we're going to be those cups, those Christians under pressure, we want to relieve some of that pressure, then we need to become a people of prayer. And last but not least, as we looked in the last week, this cup there, we learned that Daniel, as he begins talking to God, he says, God, I've learned by reading your word what the time frame is of when we're supposed to go back to Israel. And so Daniel relied on the Word of God. He read the Word of God, and the Word of God became his priority. And that's the third part of being a Christian under pressure. We need to learn from Daniel is to become a people who prioritizes God's Word. We need to put that in our lives. In fact, we need to put that out there for you today. Now, if you're going to be a cup to honor, then, of course, we summed it up like this. You've got to dare to be a Daniel. Y'all remember that last week? Daring to be a Daniel, a Christian under pressure. You've got to dare to be a Daniel, purposing in your heart to be God's servant, praying to be God's servant, studying or prioritizing God's Word to be His servant. But today, however, is Mother's Day. So we're going to honor moms while we continue with us. Christians under pressure. Now, we are Christians under pressure. If at first we need to dare to be a Daniel, then today we need to care like a chicken. No, not catch that with me now. To dare to be a Daniel, we need to care like a chicken. So we're like, wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. The only chicken I care about is bushes. Amen. 
<laughs> I got a round of applause. Some of you are like, we're not beating the Methodists to Taco Bell. We're beating the Catholics to Bush and Chicken. So we need to care like a chicken. Look with me in Matthew chapter 23 where we're starting out this morning. Where we're going to open up with a word of prayer after we read the scripture. Look with me in verse 37 of Matthew 23. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem. Jerusalem, the one who killed the prophets and stones, those who are sent to her. How often, this is Jesus speaking now, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. In other words, I care for you like a chicken. Some of you aren't looking up here. Care like a chicken. Dare to be a Daniel? Care like a chicken. Our Father who art in heaven, we come to you now in Jesus' name. And Lord God Almighty, we ask that you speak to us as we look into your word. That you teach us, you touch us, Lord God. You'd open our hearts to hear from you. Yet if there be anyone that needs to come to know you as personal Lord and Savior, or anyone that needs to get their heart right with you, would you let today be that day? We want to give you the praise, honor, and glory. Ask you to reach out, put your hands on each and every one of us. Have your way with us, Lord, for in Jesus' name we pray. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, church. The one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. So some of you might be saying, Pastor, what? Why a chicken? Why a chicken this morning? What are many things to learn from this passage? And I mean, there are many to learn from it. But we're going to have to sail past some of those this morning. We're going to focus in on the fact that Jesus compares himself to a hen. He says, like a hen who gathers her chicks under her wings, I've longed to gather you. Like a mother hen. So let's look at a mother hen this morning. Are you following me, moms, this morning? Some of you have called yourselves mother hen, and you say, well, I'm married to this loud crowing rooster over here. Well, let's check out the obvious things first, though, this morning. Let's check out the obvious Jesus says, I want to have you under my wing like a hen does her chicks. Now, there's something for us to learn. There is something for us to glean, something for us to put the work in our lives. Like a chicken gathers her chicks under her wing. We cannot ignore the fact that this hen has chicks, no matter how hard you try, though. Because a chicken with baby chicks makes her a what? A mother! Makes her a mother. And that's what we're here honoring this morning is mothers. And so we get a picture of Jesus saying, I love you a lot like a mother hen does her chicks. And there's something for us to learn from that. I don't know about you, but have you looked at chickens lately to see how they love their babies? Have you ever considered comparing to your motherhood with chickens? Probably not. But as we continue learning how to be cups this morning, Christmas under pressure, how to deal with that pressure, we need to care like a chicken. Care like a chicken. Jesus said, I long to gather you under my wings as a hen does her So let's examine this chicken. What do you think of this one? Isn't she beautiful? Some like, she'd be prettier in my frying pan, John. You know what I'm thinking about right now? Chickens, there she is. You see the little babies under her wings there, under her feathers. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Look at her. Those big old eyes trying to take in everything. Look at that favorite two sharp beak right there. 
What about that mean roar that would escape her throat? What about under her wings? You think her talons and claws? Probably the majority of her aren't scared of the sickness. But how scary do you think that sickness looks? How scary is that? How do you think that chicken looks? Did you notice? There was no weapons on that chicken. I mean, it is the year 2023 nowadays with artificial intelligence and things like that. It wouldn't surprise me if somebody put a 9mm on a chicken. I'm just saying. When I fire the dog, I'm like, I am tired of what dogs and I'm tired of disobedient cats. I got this chicken here. But there's no weapons on that chicken. Not a one. There's no talons. There's no claws. There's no big teeth. There's not even a big voice in that chicken. Yet Jesus says, I want you to learn how to love like this chicken does. There's so much we can learn from that chicken. Are you hearing me this morning? Because mamas love a lot like that chicken does. In fact, if you look at that chicken, we often use the term chicken to describe somebody as a coward, don't we? You ever said that as a kid? Boy, you're chicken. How many of you watched uh, Back to the Future when you were young? You know how you got Marty McFly into trouble? They called him a chicken, right? <laughs> they called him a chicken. Chicken was a way to say you're a coward. You're yellow. You're scared. In other words, you can't do anything about it. You're just going to run away. However, this mother does do something very incredible. Something amazing. I mean, besides becoming chicken tender. So incredible that Jesus says, I long to do that. I long to gather you under my wings like a mother chicken So powerful that Jesus says, I want you to gather under my wings like that. See, during times of danger, Mama, that Mama chicken can't growl. She can't scream out, leave me alone, leave my kids alone. She can't put on the big voice. She can't bite. Now, she might do a catch at you a little bit, but deep down inside, it doesn't hurt, does it? can't hit you. She can't attack you, at least enough to worry anyone. That chicken might jump up at you. But at least it doesn't scare anybody. What she does do, though, what that chicken does do, though, is completely amazing. So amazing that Jesus says, I want to gather you under my wing. In fact, I think it's what the scripture of mother did. Gather those chicks under her wing. Are you seeing the picture? Are you seeing bringing out here motherhood of what Jesus is talking about here. This is an incredible animal. Besides being a food supply, besides providing eggs in which you might have scrambled eggs, eggs benedict, boiled eggs, I love that stuff. There's more to that chicken than that. There's a lot more to that chicken. That chicken does something that mamas do. That chicken does something that only a mama can understand. And that mama represents it in a way we can't see it. See, the Bible says that she longs to gather her chicks under her wings. That chicken can't defend the baby. She has no weapon. But what she can do, and she does it very willingly. In fact, only a real mom Only a real mom would 
grave danger. Just take a look at one of those chickens. Or a farm raised chicken. Not the one in the wild, but for a farm raised chicken, a uh, hawk and snake. Again. What, what happens when that chicken looks up and sees one of our Texas Texas birds flying out? If she's got chicks, you know what she does? She puts his wings out to cover those wings. Why? Why? Because, one, she's hiding those babies from the hot. Two, they will come back to heaven. Because it's amazing what she does. It's amazing, so amazing that Jesus says, I long to do that for you. Chickens, though, I think chickens are great. Chickens do have, when they're without babies, one great mode of defense. Anybody know what it is? Well, they, they run really fast. They can run really fast. Not only can they run fast, they can move really quick. In other words, they're slick as coffee stock, y'all. They can move left and right and make people, well, they, you know, they, they make you miss them. They're so fast. That's what a chicken does when a chicken can't do that with babies. With babies, the chicken covers them with their wings. They swerve and they weep to escape danger, but baby chicks can't do that. So the hen hooks them under her wing. Like to be a mom. Only a mother could love like this. And Jesus said, I long to gather you under my wing. I long to gather you, oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem. How long have I longed to pull you to me and put you under my wing? I know this world is full of vultures, hawks, owls, eagles, and all kinds of evil birds. But I want to pull you under my wings. Not only that, but we know as Christians under pressure, this world is full of snakes. Somebody say amen. It's full of snakes. And what do you think that mama hen would do if a snake came into her chicken coop? She would do what a mama hen does. She would put her baby chicken under her wings. Only a mom can have love in her heart like that. He said, a hen, a hen. I know it's the year 2023, and I know that people are trying to debate on whether or not a man can decide he's a woman and a woman can decide that, that she's a man. But I want you to know something right now. A hen is a female chicken. There's nothing you can do about it. A rooster is a male chicken. There's nothing you can do about it. If you don't believe me, go and buy yourself a rooster and wait for an egg to come. You'll keep waiting and waiting and waiting. I'm telling you, we got a bunch of idiots in the world today. We do. Only a mom can love in her heart like a mama chicken. See, as Christians under pressure, we need to start caring like a chicken. We need to start caring like that. We need to have in our heart a mother's heart, a mother's love. Let's get some practical advice now from the Bible about love and heart. Because we're going to come back to the chicken in just a second. Let's get some practical advice about love and about hearts. Look with me in Luke 10, verses 25 to 28. Look with me quickly now. The Bible says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, oh, Rabbi, if you have an older virgin, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And listen to how Jesus responds. He said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will 
Do you want to be an alive Christian this morning? Do you want to be a Christian under pressure who is clean and ready for the master's use? Do you want to be one of those cups that's full of living water and not full of hatred, envy, not full of jealousy, not full of, I can't believe things are working without me, not full of that kind of jealousy? Then you've got to get yourself filled back up with, with Jesus. So we're looking at Jesus now saying, hey, I want to gather you under my wings. We're looking at Jesus now speaking to a lawyer that says, you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. This do, and ye shall do. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Now we're talking about mama's heart. We're talking about mama's heart for just a second. What do you know about a mama's heart? Now, if I were to ask you to give testimony about your mother, I guarantee you, we would not go home until 10 o'clock tonight. Every one of you would have something wonderful to say about your mother. Every one of you, no matter how young you were, such I hear the young babies at the congregation giving testimony. My mama's great. Though we can't understand what they're saying. What they're saying is when they wail, when they cry, when they give that sign of happiness, they say, my mama loves me, my daddy's right here with me, and they're protecting me, and if something were to come, I would be right underneath mama's wings. You got testimony even from babies. What would you say? You were allowed to be testimony after Mom's day. You say, My mom was a great woman. <laughs> Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Would you say, My mom was a harlot? Would you say, My mom was not to be trifled with? She was no nonsense, quick to get a hold of me. But then when I got older, I found out it was because she loved me. But perhaps you might be saying, Something else about mom. My mom did not say, I would say this. My mom changed. That's what I would say. She changed when she became a Christian. And I could witness the moment. I could see the time, the hour, and I can measure the change in here. And that's why I know she's in heaven. Yeah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Because she began to realize. Now, here we have Jesus telling this lawyer, you've got to love the Lord God with all your heart. So, let's take a look quickly now. We're not leaving too far from our pastor, so we're going to come back to that little sister in just a minute. So, let's look at the heart quickly now. In fact, the Bible tells us in Psalm 139, verse 22 and 24, just search me, O God. Know my heart. Can I give you a little secret this morning? God knows your heart. He already knows it. He doesn't need your permission to search it. He doesn't need your, to open the doors. He already knows everything about your heart. He knows everything that you're thinking, everything you want, everything you need, everything you desire, everything you like, everything you don't like. Here's the psalmist saying, Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me. Know my anxieties. I love the psalmist for that. What makes me nervous? What gives me fear? What I'm afraid of? What I shy away from? What I avoid? What makes me anxious? God, search my heart. And here we have Jesus saying, You have a love of God with all your heart. Can I ask you a question? Do you love him with all your heart this morning? Could you truly say that? Remember that question I asked you? If you could pray your Christian life right now with somebody and they stepped into your shoes, would they say, This guy, this gal, loves God for all their 
where they say, they love God all the time. Look with me in verse 22 again of Psalm 139. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me. Know my anxiety. The author of the psalm says, Lord, if there is a part of my heart that I have not given to you, then please, please take it from me. Not just my heart, but what scares me. You can have it. How many of you know what the Bible says in the book of 1 John? His perfect love passed out all fear. Here we have Psalm saying, Search me. Know my heart. Turn me. Know my anxiety. See if there's any wicked way. And lead me in the way everlasting. Remember now we're talking about hearts because a mother's heart is what we're looking at. And that mother's heart is best reflected in the Bible. Some people will say, Proverbs 31, Josh, yeah, 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 that's a great passage. How many times have you heard of 75 million. And that's the exact So most of us were expecting that this morning. I want to hear a traditional Proverbs 31 sermon. Well, no, you get a traditional chicken sermon. <laughs> traditional chicken. That's like fried chicken in southern, southern life, if you like that. However, the psalmist says, search my heart. I want this meal to be We're looking at a mama's heart. And mama's hearts are able to love their children without fear, without anxiety, without any reservation. They love and they love and they love and they love to the point where even when the eagle's coming, when the hawk is coming, when the snake is coming, she covers her children with the wind. So let's take a look and examine God were to look in your heart right now, not just mom and children, but dad as well. Not just daddy, just children. What should be there to assist you? If you're a Christian under pressure, what should be there right now? should be joy, amen? You should be joyful. You know what else you should have there? Peace. You ain't got peace, you need to get back to right with Jesus Christ. Purity should be there. Purity, now I'm going through this quickly now. Purity should be there. If you got impure thoughts in your heart, you need to repent. You're one of those that says, Pastor, I struggle with impurity when no one's around. I'm on my phone. I'm on my computer. You need to repent. You know what else should be in your heart? Worship. Worship. You should be worshiping the Lord your God in your heart. You know what else should be there? Endurance. That's right. Your heart should be able to endure. Even when this world is against you, even when your fellow Christians are against you, endure because you are doing what God has told you to do. And God said, I need my people to be joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, good, loving, and guess what? Endure. You know what else is in the Christian under pressure? Heart. You. So if we were to look at our hearts today, if we're examining it, we might realize we need to exercise it. I know I'm preaching to the choir, but that's we need to exercise. I know. I know, but let me tell you, I've come across the 11th commandment, thou shalt not let them. No. Exercise your heart, though. We need to do that. How do we do that? The first thing we exercise is this. Maybe we're Christians under pressure. We're going to be cut fit for the master's use. Then we need to get ourselves into fellowship. And every one of us has heard, you know, book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Forsake not the fellowship of the believers. We can preach on it, preach on it, preach on it, see what we're doing to faith. The truth is, though, when you fellowship with fellow believers, you exercise your heart. Can I tell you how we do that? Because not everybody who gathers around you, you feel like loving. Somebody say amen. 
You know what? You got to exercise that. You got to put that to work in your life. You ever met somebody you just didn't feel like loving? You know what? At the end of the sermon, come up and shake your hand. Now everyone's going to come up at the sermon and shake my hand. I'm be like, man, I shouldn't have said that. Make sure you shake your hand and make sure you tell them, I love you and I am working on my heart. See, the problem isn't yours. The problem is theirs. you got to exercise your part and you got to part of loving somebody. That's called fellowship. That's why some of say coin on Fellowship coming together, becoming one. Fellowship. And you know what happens when we fellowship as fellow believers? That we end up building a community. Community means we have something in common. And what the churches have in common, are you ready for this? Number one, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Number two, that we worship Him. Number three, we get together and talk about, read, study. We eat, we feed upon His Word. That's called community. You know what else Christians do when they exercise their heart? This may come as a shock to you, but we suffer. And mama, you know a little bit about suffering. If you had any kid that made it to the teenage years, you know. Amen? You know about suffering. Suffering is near to the heart of Christianity. Not the heart, but it's near to the heart of Christianity. When we really love, we will really Love. It Real love gives nothing less than its perfect You can't exchange it for a gadget, for something shiny, for money, for a favor. No, no, no. Real love gives 100% of itself. And when it gives itself, people will abuse. You know what else is in? Heart when you exercise? Witnessing. Who would have called Rock Family Baptist Church? How many of us did? Don't answer, don't raise your hand, don't answer out loud, but how many of us shared our faith with someone? In fact, if you would look at the most common uh, um, surveys right now, over 99% of modern day Christians do not share their faith. We are not exercising our heart. Look at me in Psalm 119, verse 11. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against Exercise. Not only do we evaluate it, we exercise it. You know what else we need to do, though? Our hearts. This is me in Proverbs 4 23. Keep your heart with all diligence, but out of it springs the instinct of life. Everything comes out of your heart. Did you know that? You know what comes out of your heart? Love, joy, peace. You know what else comes out of there? Anger, hatred, jealousy. You know what else comes out of there? But Jesus tells us, He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Do you have a problem with cursing? It's because there's something in your heart. You need to get sick. Guard your heart is what Proverbs 4.23 tells us. Guard your heart. And some of the more modern versions will actually use that word guard it. Don't let anything in it that's not supposed to be there because it affects all that you do. And what are we supposed to guard you against, though? I'm so glad you asked. Let's do this quickly now. Against what? Well, number one, you need to guard it against unnecessary activity. You ever had your heart raised up for no reason? Sometimes that scares us, right? Sometimes when we're exercising, our heart rate goes, and that's good. Sometimes, though, when someone gets around us and we don't want them around us, our heart raises up, too. And that's not good. That's called anxiety. You're supposed to guard your heart against that. Christians are supposed to be anxious. We're supposed to give all our fear to Jesus Christ. So guard it against unnecessary activity. 
find out why it's doing what it's supposed to do. You know what else you need to guard against? Adversity. Sometimes adversity is close and sometimes it's far away. But either way, guard it against that. Have you heard the old quote before? Hey, keep your friends close, but keep your enemies close. People say that all the time. Why? Because you can see what your enemies do. No, no, no. As a Christian, you don't have to worry about that. As a Christian, what you need to think about is God has got your back. Amen? God has got a plan for you. God has got a reason. Yeah, go ahead and give him a round of applause. Bless me in the name of the Lord. God has got you. As a Christian, you don't have to worry about that. My Bible says He's got a plan for you, plan to prosper you, plan to take you and use you, and not to harm you, because He wants you to be a cup that's honorable. You know what else? We need to guard our hearts against adultery. Now, most of you say adultery in the physical sense. No, I'm talking about spiritual sense. You ever read the prophet Hosea? I don't preach from Hosea a lot because it's hard to bring from the pulpit because he says things like, You are an adulterous people. I mean, he's graphic. He says, You're committing adultery against me. You ever read Hosea? I want to give you a quote from the New Testament now from somebody who read Hosea often. Look at me in James 4, verse 4. This is the half brother of Jesus. This is Jesus, who's the son of Joseph and Mary. Not James, the, the son of God. No, no, It's James, the son of Joseph and Mary, who is the half brother of Jesus. Look at me in chapter 4, verse 4. Adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. I didn't say that. Hey, lately, have you been making yourself friendly with the world? Say, well, it's not just church. Let's make it community. Huh? Let's make it a community. No, 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 no. No, if we make ourselves friends of the world, we make ourselves enemies. Oh, God. Now, let's get back to that scripture. You've got a chance to look at your heart for a minute. I want you to go back to that scripture. Cover the scripture with her wings. Now, we talked about what that is in the defense she would have. She has no big teeth. She has no horrible voice to scare people away. She has no claw. She has no weapons on her whatsoever. Her ability of defense is how quick she can run and how fast she can move. And it, it diminishes with her age. You know that? The older she gets, the more likely it is that she will get caught. As she sits on those eggs and those chicks hats, the only thing that becomes important to her is those children. And when the danger comes, when she sees danger coming, when she's able to look up in those big brown, brown eyes and see the hawks and the eagles and the owls flying, as she looks down on the ground and she sees the slithering of that deadly serpent, she calls her chicks under her wings and says, this is all that I can do. I can put you underneath my wings. Why would Jesus say that? Why would he say, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to gather you under my wings like a chicken does her chicks. Oh, you've got to remember, we're learning this morning about being tough. Christians under pressure. We're also learning this morning that if we're going to be a Christian under pressure, to deal with that pressure, we've got to be a Daniel. We've got to dare to be a Daniel. We've got to be praying. We've got to be denying the world. And we've got to be in God's Word. Well, this morning we're learning, too, that we've got to love like mamas, love like chickens. We've got to care. And those things going under her wing, her chick going under her wing. You gotta understand the picture of Jesus. You gotta understand 
because the chicken can't defend what they eat. She can't beat that eagle off with her teeth. She can't hit it off with her fist. She doesn't have anything. She can't jump up like a rooster and fly it. She doesn't have power. Now they're all starting to get a little bit bigger. But she lacks that particular power to jump up and fly like a rooster. How then does she defend her chicken? Well, she does what she knows how to do. She gathers them under her wing. And what is the picture there that is so powerful? What is the picture that is so powerful? I want you now, if you will, to put your eyes on the cross up here. I want you to look at that cross. And on that cross there is a crown of thorns. Thorns which the Roman soldiers pushed down on our Lord and Savior's head. Pushed down upon Him till the blood came out. They nailed Him to the tree, driving those nails through His hands driving that nail through his feet and raising him up and letting him fall down into the pit, letting his body jar, letting his heart become broken, letting his body quiver up there on the cross as the blood came down. Long as I want to have you as a mother. You have to understand the picture of a mother hen. See, the mother hen is not saying, I could defend my babe with my brutal armory. I can defend my chickens with my weapons and my arsenal. The chicken is saying, I will defend my babes by coming between that which means them harm and them. I will put myself between the enemy and them. And now you understand what Jesus is saying. I will put myself between hell and you. All you got to do is come to me and I'll put you under my wing and I'll take you where you need to be. Heaven. That's what a mama does. A mama puts herself between the danger and her children. Real moms love their children like that. They don't give up on their children. They never turn away from their children. They are willing to put themselves between what the danger is in their children. And Jesus says, if you will come to me, I will put myself between the danger and you. In other words, I'll keep you from going to hell. I'll keep you from being judged. I'll make you holy and just, and I'll take you to heaven. Why? Because he cares like a chicken. Do you dare to be a Daniel and do Question. Do you accomplish it? Do you care like a chicken? If you do, then you're going to cover your babies with your wings. Jesus is ready to cover you this morning. If you're ready to come. You say, Pastor, what's coming on next week? So next week will be the final conclusion. <laughs> I've already written it, but I don't want to give it away. This, this morning, you need to worry about sharing about the Lord. You willing to come this morning, Pastor? Say, Pastor, I'm looking for a church. I'm looking for a place to do it. You willing to come this morning? Say, God calling me to be a part of all family. Pastor, say, Pastor, I need to be a Christian. Would you willing to come and repent of your sins and put Jesus in your heart? Or perhaps you say, Pastor, I am a Christian. But like you read there in 2 Timothy, I need to cleanse myself. I'm a dirty child, but I want to be a comfort. I'm going to dare to be a man. Like a chicken, you can be willing to come. We're going to have a word of prayer. He's spoken to you. You come just love him and get it right with Jesus. Let's pray for Father, I come to you in Jesus' name, and I want to thank you, Lord God, for your word. And I'm asking you to take time right now. If there be anyone who needs to come to know you, come to the Lord's day. If anyone who needs to get their heart right with you, if any, Lord God, that needs to be covered by your wings, and let's save you that We give you the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Would you come as we sing? I can do all. Come on.
tearing like a chicken this morning. Come on, come. Come on, Christians, let me pray for this. Come on. next week on Cups Part 3, uh, but don't forget also this afternoon, no services, so go home and enjoy that time with your mama, and mama, don't forget to cover your, your kids with your wings, amen? All right, uh, Wednesday night Bible study, so Saturday, don't forget next week, business duty, don't forget Friday night OCC there, don't forget we have upcoming yards, we've got a lot of things happening, so youth is meeting at the house, the movie night, uh, coming up at the end of the month as well, so all kinds of things are happening, well, thank you guys, so get plugged in. Get involved. Let's close in that word of prayer. And I hope to see each and every one of you uh, on Wednesday. Let me wish each and every one of you a very happy, very blessed, very safe Mother's Day. And may God bless each and every one of you. And I'm going to ask Brother uh, Mark Wheeler. Can you close with prayer for this one? Bless you all. I'll see you on Wednesday.